Good morning, brothers and sisters. Giving glory and honor to God who has done exceedingly and abundantly above which I could ask, think, or believe. All praises be to the one and only mighty God. First and foremost, I'd like to thank the Lord for giving me breath, life, health, and strength to be able here to be able to be here to minister with you. And then I would like to thank your pastor, Pastor Dankwa. In his absence, thank him for providing the opportunity for me to preach the word of God in his pulpit. I would also like to thank my dear sister, um, Tanuke Faoli, who has been a woman of God and an example. I've known her probably over 10 years now, and she's been gracious. She shared her book that she wrote on parenting. My husband and I have observed she and her husband and just how they relate to their children and have raised them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So I thank her for her silent witness that she has been so many years to me and my husband. I'm thankful for the ladies of NACA. I tell you, you all are spirited and energetic and you have sincere worship to God and it's just been lovely to be here with you this long this morning. I'd like to also um, thank my husband for being here. Many times he's preaching um, in and out of the country and it's nice when I can have him here with me uh, while I proclaim the word of God. And I'd just like to ask my family to stand and when I say family I don't want to get specific. You know you're my family, even if we don't have the same last name. I'd like you all to meet some of my, my family of God that came out today. Please stand. Thank you. Including my real family, too. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You can stand again. Praise the Lord, Daddy. Amen. Thank you. No man or woman is an island. Yes, Lord, yes. So we did, um, the young lady, she read John 3.16 so nicely. And that's where we're coming from, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So you can place a little mark in your Bible there. Before we go any further, we're going to acknowledge God one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you for these few moments of time to lift up the name of Jesus. We realize that if it had not been for you on our side, we would not be here. We are not worthy, but you are worthy of all the praise, honor, and glory. The word of God declares while we were yet sinners, you came and died for us. So we will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. May they receive from the Holy Spirit what they are in need of so that we can rightly represent you and go home to live with you sooner than later. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So as I was preparing this message and rehearsing it, um, when I was young, I thought about the fact that my dad and I used to watch boxing. We later left that alone. It was a little too violent. But we used to watch boxing. And you know there was a man who would always say, I am the... He said, I am the greatest. And the reason he said he was the greatest is because as a boxer, he had some accomplishments that would let someone know that he is great. He's done some awesome things. When I did my research, he had 56 wins 
and 37 of those 56 wins were accomplished by a knockout. And throughout his entire career, he only had five losses. They called him Muhammad Ali. And he proclaimed many times during interviews, and everyone didn't like to hear it, but he would say, I'm the greatest. Rarely uh, during the 70s would you find a person of color bragging about their ability to do something awesome. But he was unapologetic for his gift, his um, athletic abilities, and how long he was able to stay in the spotlight and win fight after fight after fight. So I thought about us as professed believers of Jesus Christ. And I said, what defines us or how do we define, define greatness? He thought he was great because of all the knockouts and all the wins he had. But I want to transition that to us as believers, especially as women of God. What sets us apart to be great? According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, go there with me. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You can read in your own. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy... And if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained Nothing. Let's move on to verse 13. Go down a little bit. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So today we are talking about the greatest. The highest level we as women, men, or children can obtain. And that is the ability to love like God loves. I remember growing up in church in Orlando, Florida, and there was such an emphasis placed on prophecy and last day events that it, I often found it in a level of imbalance. Because according to 1 Corinthians 13, love is the foundation for everything. If love is not the foundation, then everything we're doing is for nothing. And I remember there was some debating going around. I must have been a teenager. And I believe that somebody in a position of authority said, there is no time to be talking about this whippy subject of love. We need to get on to real and better things. That is the last day events and how to be prepared when Jesus comes. I thank God for the, the little edge he put in me. I said, no, everything done decently and in order. We're not going to take the cart, as we say, before the horse. Because the Bible teaches 
that if we are able to speak other languages, if we are able to sacrifice our bodies, if we are able to have enough faith to move a mountain, yet we do not have love, we are nothing. That taught me that we can never outgrow, become too intelligent, become too wise that we outgrow the need for love. Love from God, love for ourselves, and love to others. So today, being Women's Day, um, I wanted to encourage our ladies, of course this is applicable to men as well, because something has happened when I've gone from being a child to a teenager to a, I'll still call myself, a young lady. After getting married and having children, and I want you ladies to be honest with me, when you have so much to do and God grants you the strength to do so much, and many times to do so much so well, you can become tempted to think that it's you. Because the word of God declares that we are wonderfully and we are fearfully made. And I've come to realize that being a woman is awesome, but it also comes with an awesome responsibility. And it is to give honor where honors due. As women, whether a mother or not, we have certain innate abilities. You can even watch a child, a little girl, how she mothers her little doll, how she may take care of another sibling, just showing compassion at a very early age. We're nurturers, we're compassionate, we're emotional beings, and I say that in a positive way. And yeah, nothing wrong with emotion. If we didn't have it, God didn't want us to have it, he wouldn't have given it. Also, the ability to be intuitive. I have the pleasure of living with a homiletician, and that's someone who rightly divides that word. And he taught me that when you read the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, that you not only read one chapter, you also read the chapter before and the chapter after. And what you find out in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the Paul was speaking to the people of Corinth. They were wondering what, what is the manifestation of having the Holy Spirit. And he began to tell them about the spiritual gifts in chapter 12. And then we move on to chapter 13 where he says, okay, now that I've told you about all of that, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. So he made the connection that there is a possibility Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 1 through 3, chapter 13. That you can sacrifice your body. That you can have faith the size of a mustard seed. That you can know the secrets of God and still not love others. Now, let's think about that. How can I have all of this and it not be a sign that I am a loving person? Well, the Holy Ghost is the one that gives the gifts. And he gives the gifts to whom he will. And just because he gives us the gifts, we still have the gift of choice. How do we use these gifts to bring him glory? Now, as women, we are very gifted. 
and we can use our gifts to support our community, to support our spouse, to do great and awesome things for God, or we can take those same abilities and be manipulative and to create division and keep a spirit of confusion ever present. We have those creative gifts inside of us, given by the Holy Spirit, but because we have choices, we can determine whether we want to use these gifts to bring our God glory, or if we want to use these gifts to bring ourselves glory. Our God is an awesome God, isn't he? The fact that he would use feeble human beings like us, and that he would even take the risk of blessing us and gifting us for the kingdom of God, knowing that at any moment we could become obsessed with ourselves. Look at the children I've raised. Look at how well they're doing. Look at the husband I have. Look at the type of aunt I am. Look at the degrees I have. In and of themselves, there is no sin in feeling good about doing something good. But the word of God will declare to us later that even the sinners do good. I want to know today what's going to make you great. How are you going to use your greatness to enhance the kingdom of God? I want you to visualize with me a house or perhaps even this church. I did a little research and we are going to liken love to the foundation. You see, when you're building a house or any type of building, the strength of the building lies in its foundation. Now imagine now we just had, you know, this building right here, nothing up under it. Now we probably could stand, but let a few winds come. We would, we would be finding the quickest exit out of here. First and foremost... The strength of a building lies in its foundation. Do you see how you brought that child here and you prayed over the child? You all are building a strong foundation. Foundation of love, foundation of community, foundation of connection with God. Our second point is the main purpose of the foundation is to hold the structure above and to keep it upright. So when we have love as the foundation, when we prophesy, when we speak in other languages, when we are seen to have faith that is strong enough to move mountains, then the glory goes to God and not to us. The third component of having a strong foundation is that when the foundation is strong, it keeps the moisture out. There's moisture from the ground that's always rising up. But that moisture, if it seeps into the foundation, it will weaken it. So when love is our motivation, brothers and sisters, then the evil one cannot come and take over. He cannot wreak havoc in our lives. I've had to get to the place in my life where I've had to confront my own self with the power of the Holy Spirit about why I do the good I do. There was a particular person that I felt the Lord had told me to minister to. 
in the form of encouragement and words of affirmation. I reached out to that person, and they did not respond. And I want to thank God. I remember the time I would have felt what we call some type of way. Another way to say that is it would have given me an attitude. Because I've taken time out of my busy schedule and reached out to you, and you act like you didn't get the message. But I know you did. But the Holy Spirit came upon me and revealed to me that when you are giving from a place of love, it does not matter whether the person responds or not. You have done what the Lord has asked you to do. And in his time, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Whether the person responds or not, what it reminded me of and the beauty it gave me was what about the times the Holy Spirit has been trying to reach out to me and I have not been available. Perhaps I've been busy doing the work of God that I did not have time for God. So that ministered to me to say, but he didn't stop loving you, Stephanie. He didn't stop reaching out to you, Stephanie. I tell you, we're going to give our first principle of love. And our first principle of love is our foundation and motivation for any good deed needs to be love. It needs to be the love. That's our first and foremost Our second principle is love people God loves. Now, that's a tall order. Many times in the body of believers, okay, in the body of, as the body of believers, it's easier for us to love one another. But I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 6, verses 32 and 33. Luke chapter 6, verses 32 and 33. And 33. In Luke chapter 32, verses 32, in Luke chapter 6, excuse me, verses 32 and 33, it reads, If you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for it? Even sinners do this. My brothers and sisters, if we truly believe these are the last days, might I shed a little light on the subject? Love is what is going to differentiate us from the rest. This is a broken and barren land. And before you get to tell anyone about your Sabbath observance or your health message, if you don't love them, it does not matter. I was thinking to myself, what about our homosexual brothers and sisters? Somebody almost lost their breath. I bet you did. Principle two, love people God loves. Does God love the homosexual? 
And then somebody right now wants to say, yeah, but he doesn't like the way they're living. Well, guess what? He don't like the way you're living either. You have some things in your life that you have not gotten the victory over. You have some plans this week that God has not ordered. You've had conversations that God did not ordain and you had them at Sabbath lunch. Who do we think we're fooling? God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man or woman soweth, that shall he also reap. We need brothers and sisters to be in prayer and fasting that we can love like God loves. Because if we do not, your truth does not matter. Well, you might get upset at me. Well, then get upset at 1 Corinthians 13. Because that's where I got it from. It does matter how we love. It is the foundation. When I was a teenager, hormonal, irritable, going through, it was those people that I knew loved me that could speak to me and could get through to me. If you didn't love me, I didn't want to hear it. And I told a few people in the house of God that too. I told a lady, I said, excuse me. I said, you don't know me. You don't know me. And she couldn't say anything. Now, God be praised. Years later, we formed a very close bond. And she gave me a lovely quilt that I kept for probably about 30 years when I went away to college. And before she passed, she asked to see me. And I visited with her while she was dying in the bed. And I prayed with her and prayed for her. But we had to establish a relationship. So that when she was giving me all these tidbits while I was going to college. Now you can say you did not grow up like that. That may be true brothers and sisters. But in this 21st century. God is calling us to go deeper. What's going on in the news right now? Can't you tell this world needs love? People are separating children from their mothers. So one mother was nursing and they took the baby out of our arms. The devil is a liar. What kind of world is this that would take a baby from its mother feeding? It is a wicked world. So what is going to be the mark that makes us different than others? We will have the love of Christ shining through us so greatly. We will not need to go knock on doors. We will not need to pass out checks. People will find you because they want to be loved. They're hungry for love. Love them. Love the poor. Love the immigrant. Love those who don't think they even need love because they've arrived. And our third and final point as a principle of love is one that my husband taught me while sitting up under his preaching. God does not have love. God is love. My husband goes on to say, because if he had love, it would mean that he could run out. But if he is love, love will last forever. And we read in the scripture, faith, hope, love, but the greatest is love. It said those three will remain forever. That's what the word declares. I'm grateful for the love that God has given us. 
As women, we have a great capacity to love. I'm sure if we heard the testimonies of women that had to overcome evil with love, we would be inspired to infinity and beyond. Being a woman, being a mother, being married will stretch you to let you know that if God does not give you love, that you won't have it. Oftentimes when the word of God says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, I lay my hand on that scripture. And I ask God, you do it. Because I cannot. You give me the love that you would have me have for your children. Because of the truth be told, we are wretched, blind, and naked at our best. And we need God to cover us. We will never outgrow John 3, 16 and 17. Where it says, for God so loved the world. Let's stop there. He, he so commandment? No. He so commandment keeping? No. When he sent his son, the motivation was love. For God so loved. Then when you love, action always follows. For God so loved, he gave. Ha, glory to God. How many of you are glad that God gave? For God so loved that he gave. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. And then after the love and the action, who is it towards? Whosoever. How many whosoever's do I have out there? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. That, that's what we deserve. But will have everlasting life. Early I told you as a woman, we have the ability to be a nurturer. But if it's not for the love of Christ, we could be, go from being a nurturer to being nasty. We have the ability as a woman of God to be compassionate. But without the love of God, that compassion can turn into cruelty. We were given the ability of God and gifting to be emotional. But if the love of God is not found in us, we can become explosive. We have been given the gift to become intuitive. But if the love of God is not residing in us, we can become intrusive. You see, the love of God constraineth us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I love the Lord. The song says, I love the Lord. He heard my cry and he pitied every groan. I'm not in this church today because I was raised in it. I'm here today because I fell in love with Jesus. Because he loved me first. Because he wouldn't stop loving me. No matter how unlovable I may have behaved. He doesn't have love. He is love. And whether you know it or not, you are in need of this all-encompassing, unconditional love of God. And so I invite you as women and men to rededicate yourselves to God. To allow him to allow you to be a vessel of love. That people will see love in you whether they ever get to know you or not. They will have a glimpse of God. Because God love, God's love lives in you. 
hallelujah, for the word of God. If there's anyone who would like to approach this throne of grace we have here and would like to receive prayer that the spirit of the living God would continually, continually use them as a vessel of love, remove hatred, bitterness, bickering, and complaining, and fill it with love, faith, hope, and joy, I invite you to join me. We're not going to tarry because you know when the Holy Ghost is speaking to you. Still small voice. Glory to God. God, we exalt you. We magnify your holy name. We are appreciative of the goodness of God while we're in the land of the living. Oh God, we're asking that you give us a double portion of your Holy Spirit. That you give us the ability to love the unlovable and to reach the unreachable. That you would create in us a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within us. May our words be words of life. Foundation be from love. May we speak, may we behave, may we treat others the way you have treated us. Lord, some of us don't have a clue about love. We know law, we know commands, but we don't know love. We're busy, we're working, but we don't know love. And your word declares that we can do great things, but it be done for not so great reasons. Lord, give us a spirit to love, even people who are difficult and different from us. Our love is not condoning any kind of behavior. Just as much as your love was not condoning our sinful state when it said while we were yet sinners, you sent your son. We must become humble so that we can understand that love is the transforming power that brings a sinner to repentance. Lord, do this for us and may we testify about the goodness that we have seen by the power of love. We ask these and all other blessings in the mighty name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Amen.